Welcome to our ancient future story, Navigating Scripture Through the Eyes of Family, where I share with you biblical stories as a family member would share a story around the dinner table. As children of God, we are a part of God's family, and His family story has a lot of history. Each week, we will take one story and talk about it, the cultural, historical, geographical, and sociological impacts. We will be looking at these stories from the perspective of our ancestors through the lens of ancient times in hopes of learning more about our family. This is our Ancient Future Story. Welcome back to our Ancient Future Story. I'm Vic, and I am so excited to share with you the second part of God's Covenant with Abram. A couple episodes ago, we began talking about covenants, what they are, and why they're so sacred. Specifically, we discussed the Abrahamic Covenant. Then, in our last episode, we discussed the story of Abram and Hagar and the birth of Ishmael, which it takes place in between these two covenant chapters. So today, I want us to look at the covenant story as a whole. My goal is to help us understand the entirety of God's covenant with Abram, so that we can see God's redemptive story shine through. God's redemptive plan was not stopped because Abram and Sarai decided to jump the gun. Instead, God did something that was so countercultural. He extends the invitation again. And this is the story we're going to tell today. So grab your cup of coffee or something to drink and get ready to hear the story of God's covenant with Abram. Before we get started, I want to to give a disclaimer that this episode has some content that may not be appropriate for younger listeners. So if you're listening to this in the car or somewhere with children around or there are children with you listening to this, you may want to pause the podcast now before we really dive into today's topic. All right, on to the story. Our story today opens 13 years after the birth of Ishmael. Abram is now 99 years old when Yahweh comes to speak with him again. When the Lord appears, he says, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant with you and you will be multiplied greatly. Hearing this, Abram falls on his face. This was a holy moment for Abram because it had been 13 years since Yahweh last spoke to him. Yahweh continues, You, Abram, will be a father of many nations. Then God does something a little strange. He changes Abram's name. Historical fun fact. God changes Abram's name on purpose. Abram means exalted father, whereas Abraham means the father of multitudes. God was showing Abram that even his name is a reminder of God's promise to give him a son. So, Abram's name changes from Abram to Abraham. 
For God said, You, Abraham, will be the father of many nations, and I will establish my covenant with you and your descendants through all generations. It will be an everlasting covenant between you and me. I will give you and your descendants the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. As for you, Abram, you must keep my covenant, you and your offspring through all generations. Every male among you must be circumcised, and this will be a reminder for you and your descendants of the covenant we are making. Every male born into your house must be circumcised on the eighth day of their life. All other males you acquire who are bought with money and brought into your house shall be circumcised. Anyone who is not circumcised must be cut off from you and sent out of your household because they have broken the covenant between us. But then God changed the conversation from Abraham to Sarai. God said to Abraham, You shall not call your wife Sarai. Instead, you shall call her Sarah. I love that God did not leave Sarah out of the name change. God said she will also be blessed and bear many children. So now Abram is laughing, like on the ground laughing, because this all sounds great, but he's thinking, can it be true? I am 99 years old and Sarah is 89. Can we really have children this late in life? Out of this thinking, Abraham asked God to establish his covenant with Ishmael instead. But God is adamant. No, you and Sarah will have a son, and his name will be Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant. As for Ishmael, I have heard you, and I will bless him, and he will become a great nation. But my covenant will be with Isaac, who will be born one year from now. When they had finished talking, Abraham took Ishmael and all the men of his household, and he circumcised them. Abraham was 99 years old, and Ishmael was 13 years old when they were circumcised. And that brings us to the end of our story for today. God establishing his everlasting covenant with Abraham and his descendants. This covenant is known as the Abrahamic Covenant, and it is observed by many of Abraham's descendants even today. So, let's dig into our story. We open this chapter similarly to the way Genesis 15 opens, with the Lord appearing to Abram and making the personal God claim. I will make of you a great nation. This is the third time God had come to Abraham with this promise. It is peculiar, the placement of this passage, because the premise of Genesis 15 and 17 are virtually the same. So while reading it, one would assume that they should go together. But instead, we have the story of Hagar and Ishmael in between. So let's look back at Genesis 15 for a moment and look at the terms of the covenant agreement. Remember, a covenant is like a contract, and both parties were agreeing to uphold the conditions of this contract. But if they failed to uphold their end of the deal, their blood would be spilled like the animals they sacrificed. 
To refresh our memory of these terms, God is promising and agreeing to keep in Genesis chapter 15. There are six of them. Let's go through them. Number one, 400 years, Abram's descendants will be strangers in the country, not their own, and they will be slaves and mistreated there. Kind of like Egypt. Number two, I will punish the nation they serve as slaves and afterward they will come out with a great possession. Kind of like the plagues and the exodus. Number three, you, Abram, will go to your ancestors in peace and be buried in a good old age. Abraham lives to see both Ishmael and Isaac grow up and be married and he dies peacefully. Number four, in the fourth generation, your descendants will come back here. Ephraim and Manasseh, Abram's great-great-grandchildren, leave Egypt and possess the promised land. Number five, the sin of the Ammonites have not reached full measure. These were the descendants of Ammon, the son of Lot, by his youngest daughter. And lastly, number six, to your Abram descendants, I will give this land from the Wadi of Egypt, aka the Brook of Egypt in the Sinai Peninsula, just south of Beersheba, Israel's southernmost city, to the great river, the river Euphrates, just north of Dan, Israel's northern city. These are the contract agreements God is promising to keep. As for Abram's side of the agreement, his job was to believe Yahweh. That's it. Just believe Yahweh. But then God did something unusual. He walked through the animal carcasses that they had sacrificed as a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch, which means God is agreeing to take on the responsibility of fulfilling both sides of the covenant. He is also agreeing to have his own blood shed if the covenant is broken. But then 15, chapter 15 stops and we get the story in chapter Genesis 16 when Abram did not believe Yahweh, he believed Sarai. And Sarai said to Abram, behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children through her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. In listening to the voice of Sarai and taking matters into his own hands, Abram broke the covenant that he and God had just cut. Which means God's blood must be shed. And this is where chapter 17 picks up. Abram is now 99 years old. He has married Sarai's Egyptian servant, Hagar, and together they have a son named Ishmael, who is 13. It has been 13 years since God last spoke to Abram. So when Yahweh shows up, it is a holy moment. It is interesting that God's first words are, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. God shows up, but he doesn't use the name Yahweh like he had before. Instead, he uses God Almighty or El Shaddai in Hebrew to identify himself. 
It's interesting to note that God would not introduce himself as Yahweh again until he introduces himself to Jacob in Genesis 28. Nevertheless, God says to Abram, I am El Shaddai. Walk before me and be blameless. I love this because it shows that Abram now has some responsibility. He must walk before the Lord and be blameless. But why does God say that? Because God is about to make a redemptive offer. God wants to make a covenant with him again. This time promising that Abram and Sarai will be multiplied greatly. Cutting this covenant means going through the whole process all over again. Because to seal a covenant, blood must be shed. So in hearing this, Abram falls on his face. I mean, what else is he going to do? This is a holy, redemptive moment. God is extending grace to Abram, despite the fact that Abram had broken the covenant. But then God adds something new to the promise. Not only will Abram and Sarai have many descendants, they will have different names also. God said, no longer will you be called Abram, or exalted father. Your name will be Abraham, the father of many. For I have made you a father of many nations. So, you may be asking the question, why does God change his name? Isn't it a weird time to change someone's name? After all, Abram is 99 years old. These are good questions. But we see name changes often in the Bible. There are famous name changes like Simon to Peter or Cephas, meaning rock, or Saul to Paul, or as we will discuss later, Jacob to Israel. But in each name change, they were not haphazard changes. They were intentional to signify the shift in a person's life from living their way to living God's way. Simon was a fisherman working on his dad's boat, but Jesus gave him the name Peter, which means rock. Simon was destined to be a fisherman, but Peter was destined to be the rock that the church was established on. Saul was a persecutor of Christians, but on the road to Damascus, his name was changed to Paul, who is destined to be the zealous champion of the gospel to the Gentiles. And Jacob was mischievous. He was a thief and a liar, but God changed his name to Israel because he wrestled with God and man and had prevailed. Israel was destined to become the namesake of God's chosen people. So why did God change Abram's name? Abram had broken the covenant, but that was not to be his legacy. Abram was no longer just an exalted father to Ishmael or the man who broke the covenant with God. His destiny was to be Abraham, the father of many nations, and the beginning of God's redemptive story. The covenant was broken, but the plan for redemption was not. God then continues his speech by laying out the terms of the new covenant he is now agreeing to cut with Abraham. I will make you very fruitful. I will make you nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant with you as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. 
the whole land of Canaan where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give to you as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Again, we see God making terms to the covenant. These are the terms that God is agreeing to keep. Number one, make Abraham fruitful with many descendants. Make him so many that his household becomes a nation. Number two, give Abraham kings in his lineage. Number three, establish an everlasting covenant to be Abraham's personal God and all of Abraham's descendants' personal God. And lastly, number four, give the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession to Abraham and his children. Then God tells Abraham, in order for this to be true, you must also do something. I.e., Abraham, Abraham now has terms to this covenant. You, Abraham, are to undergo circumcision. And it will be a sign of the covenant between me and you. For the generations to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised, including those born in your household or bought with money from a foreigner, those who are not of your offspring, whether born in your house or bought with money, they must be circumcised. My covenant in your flesh is to be an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from his people because he has broken my covenant. God tells Abraham, you and all of your male descendants after you must be circumcised. Now, this must have taken Abraham aback because the practice of circumcision was not happening in the ancient Near East. So it begs the question, why did God make this act as the sign of the covenant he had made with Abraham? I believe there are three main reasons why. Number one, the blood covenant. So just as we discussed in Genesis chapter 15 about cutting a covenant, this is similar in that blood must flow to seal the agreement. But this time, instead of an animal being split in two, the blood would come from Abraham and his descendants. Number two, since circumcision was not practiced in the ancient Near East, this ritual would separate Abraham's descendants from all other tribes of people. And number three, it would be a constant reminder to every male that the covenant God made with Abram was broken by the act of sex. But also, it would stand as an eternal reminder of God's everlasting covenant with Abraham. Because circumcision is such a personal thing. It is a constant physical reminder of the males in Abraham's household of the covenant God had made. God emphasizes that anyone who enters Abraham's household, either by birth or by purchase, were to be circumcised. If they were not circumcised, they could not live in Abraham's bet off or his household because they would be breaking the covenant. And anyone who breaks the covenant must be split in two, just like the animals. Blood must be spilled for the broken covenant. It was a blood covenant. And God is serious about his covenants. Thus the severity of the punishment for breaking it. Another interesting thing to note in Genesis 17, 
verse 12, is that God specified on the eighth day. This is interesting because as we know from modern medicine, the eighth day of a child's life is when blood in the human body begins to clot. To attempt to circumcise a child less than eight days old could result in hemorrhaging or even death. Therefore, they circumcise male babies on the eighth day of their life. The circumcision covenant is an everlasting covenant, which means every person who comes from the lineage of Abraham must be circumcised. So it is interesting when looking at our world today and knowing that both Islam and Judaism, these religions that came from Ishmael and Isaac, still practice circumcision today. Then, in verse 15, God then shifts the conversation to Sarai. God also said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name is to be Sarah. God changed Sarai's name. She would no longer be Sarai, but Sarah. Some scholars have noted that the uh sound has been added to both Abram and Sarai's names making them Abraham and Sarah. Ah is the sound making when breathing out. So some have concluded that the ah in their name is the breath of God. Also in Hebrew, their names would have added the letter hey or H in our English alphabet. This letter by itself can mean behold or breath. So again, we see this idea of God breathing life into Abraham and Sarah. God said, I will bless her and I will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. But Abraham did not believe this. He is 99 years old. So he laughs and he says out loud, Can I have a son at a hundred and Sarah at ninety? Is that even possible? God, why couldn't you just make Ishmael your promised son? Abraham was trying to make God's timing go faster. He had waited 13 years since the last time God had promised him a son by Sarah. But still no child was born. So when Sarah offered her servant Hagar, Abraham jumped at the chance to have an heir. The problem is that the child was out of the impatience of man, not the promise of Yahweh. And the impatience of man can never inherit the promise of God. But the promise of God did not waver. He was going to send his own son through the lineage of Isaac to be the fulfillment of every broken covenant. Jesus was circumcised on the eighth day. Jesus would fulfill the Mosaic Covenant by keeping the law of Moses perfectly. Jesus would fulfill the Davidic Covenant by being the promised king forever on the throne. Jesus died to fulfill this Abrahamic Covenant by spilling his blood on the cross. Jesus would establish the new covenant by rising from the dead and offering forgiveness for all. The covenant that Abram broke would ultimately be fulfilled by Abraham's seed. Then God leaves Abraham, and that same day Abraham took Ishmael and every male in his household, whether by birth or by purchase, and he circumcised them. Abraham was 99 years old, and Ishmael was 13 years old when they were circumcised. 
And that is where our story stops for today. God establishing his everlasting covenant with Abraham. Come back next time as we dive into the story of Abraham and Sarai's promised son, Isaac. But before we go, I want to close our time together by reading the scripture from which our story comes from in Genesis chapter 17. I hope that as we listen to this chapter being read, that you will embrace all that you have learned and that this passage will be illuminated for you. Let's read. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant, to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring after you, throughout their generations. This is my covenant which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generations, whether born in your house or bought with your money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring, both he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh as an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall her name be. I will bless her, and moreover I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. God said, No, but your Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father twelve princes, and I will make him into a great nation. But I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. When he had finished talking with him, God went up from Abraham. Then Abraham took Ishmael his son and all those born in his house or bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very day. 
just as God had said to him. Abraham was ninety-nine years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, and Ishmael his son was thirteen years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very day Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised, and all the men of his house, those born in his house and those bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. Thank you for listening to today's episode of our Ancient Future Story. I hope that you really enjoyed it. This episode was written and produced by Vic Harmon, executive produced by Amanda Gillum. Music is Embarking on an Adventure by Evan McDonald. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Our Ancient Future Story. See you next time.